we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms where I give you a heads up about upcoming shows and which date and time they will be aired. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the shows, MP3 files which you can download, or links to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and all other major sources. You can find information for upcoming and past talk show appearances as well as new book projects at MarlenePardo.com. You can also purchase books and merchandise there. And you can visit my author page on Amazon at Marlene Pardo Pelliser. Due to popular demand, I'm narrating my true believer stories that I've collected throughout the years in a new series called Supernatural Storytime. You can find links at SupernaturalStoryTime.com. If you are into classic horror, ghosts, and adventure stories, I narrate some of those at Nightshade Diary. And you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If you would like to read noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I do want to thank you all for being part of my audience, and I think you are all here. Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing today? Good? I'm good. I'm good. Uh... And today, instead of talking about my micro farm and my adventures in farmland, even on a micro farm, and it feels like an adventure, believe me, I'm going to talk about my um, my new book because I know a lot of people have been asking me about it because I know I had mentioned it. And right now, it looks like it's going to be released probably the last day of August, if things are true. And and uh, as I said before, this is going to be my first fiction book. This is going to be my first fiction book. And it is tentatively um, titled Walking Between the Worlds, uh, book one of the Sibylline Chronicles. So as you can tell, hint, hint, I'm planning more than one book. Uh, so yes, and, and of course, I'm going to put out more information uh, about, the, uh, about that book. Uh, as far as the exact dates, the release, you know, it's going to be available on Amazon and on my site, etc., etc. And also, um, you know, it's uh, 
I think a lot of you are going to enjoy it because, you know, my other books have all been strictly nonfiction. So I took the plunge off the fiction cliff, so to speak. And, uh, yep, one of those things you think you're going to sink and then you realize, man, I'm swimming pretty well. But anyway, guys, let me tell you about our guest today. And I'm very, very excited about our guest. This is a lady by the name of Joy Elaine. Now, she is an author, a speaker, and one of the foremost experts in the world on the Ashtar Command, as well as mythical creatures that are real. Uh, in other words, she has her fingers on the pulse of the evolving Earth and has a profound understanding of the nature of the 47 universes and many of the races that inhabit them. She is a master practitioner of SVH, which stands for Serenity Vibration Healing, and she credits this energy modality with being instrumental in assisting her to bring forth the information in her books. And we're going to get into a lot of these topics uh, with, with Joy, and she's going to explain to us because I, I think a lot of you, um, I mean, our world is always, you know, if it, what is it? Well, one thing you can be certain of is that there's always going to be change. But I think a lot of people are feeling it or more aware of it. How's that than they normally are? And uh, she can maybe give us an insight onto just p things that people feel but they can't put their finger on. But anyway, let let's welcome uh, Joy. How are you doing today, Joy? I'm doing great. Glad to be speaking with you. I enjoyed our conversation before our conversation. Yes, our chicken so conversation. <laughs> Everybody hears us about my chickens because they'll hear interviews and they'll hear the birds and it's like, it's like, you know, you can't control animals. It's like, you know, so yeah, that's, that's part of my chorus, my background noise. So, uh, Joy, let me ask you, this is what I ask all my uh, guests that come on. How did you get involved uh, in this area? Was it childhood, uh, something that you discovered as a child, as an adult? What happened? Well, I'll start at the point where I was in my 40s. Okay. <laughs> and I was at a workshop uh, about the business that I have, a nutritional business. Okay. And we, we were supposed to be writing down our goals in certain areas of our life, like our family business, you know, our family goals, our, mm -hmm. our business goals, our personal goals, health goals, and our spiritual goals. And I was fine, except when I got to that last category, and I sat there and I looked at that paper, and I could see that people around me were having no problem filling things in there, and I couldn't think of a darn thing that I wanted to put. And I thought, oh, wow, maybe it's time I investigated that. So I started, um, I'm a person that when I dive into something, I really dive in deep. Okay. And so I started, I started experiencing all kinds of, of uh, healing modalities, Reiki, Akashic record reading, shamanism, angelic healing, uh, and then I came across uh, SPH in 2003, okay. and I started practicing that daily, and I still practice it, and it, it, I could feel myself changing, I could feel things shifting, old belief systems and things, I, you know, new old programming that didn't serve me. I was really excited with it, and I realized that the bottom of this was the search for why am I here? I mean, I think that that speaks to everyone. Yes. Now, some people, some people are not really thinking about that. And I didn't a lot when I was younger. I just, you know, lived my life. But then at that, in that 40-year period, I thought, 40 years of age, I thought, gosh, you know, there's got to be some reason why I'm here. And I was really uh, disturbed about the fact that I couldn't find the instruction manual. You know, I was, you know, I, I'm here 
give me some clues. Right. And of course, you know, there's clues all along about when you find something you really love, that's part of the purpose why you're here, to explore that. And why are why is everyone here at this time? Yeah. Well synchronicity of some type, you think? To be part of this grand exploration and evolution that Earth is undergoing now. Okay. Consciously or unconsciously. Right. Everybody is here now. And my thought was it's more fun to be consciously aware of what's happening. Absolutely, yes, yes. To take a conscious role in our evolution. And I'm going to put in a little plug from my books here. They offer you a chance to do that. They show you the big picture. Okay. How Earth, of the Earth, importance of Earth and how it fits into those 47 universes you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And why we're here and why we're important and what we can do to, to bring about the changes, the positive changes that we would like to see happen. Right. You know, sometimes people kind of, they sit back and they watch the news and they just get so discouraged. Yes. First, they turn the news off. Um, they get so discouraged because it seems like there's just nothing they can do. You know, they're just right. one person and here's this big, ah, this, yes. this big yes. problem over here and they can't do a darn thing about it. Well, you can. Right, First and all, I think that happens even, sometimes even people's personal lives, they think they're just yeah. going with a the current. They they don't think they really have much choice of what they do, and they do, I guess, is the truth. Yes, right, all these things, quote, keep happening to them, and they just haven't a clue about why they happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I was kind of in that boat, you know, I just didn't, I didn't understand a lot of stuff. I mean, people of my generation, I'm 73, people of my generation weren't taught about things about um, even communication, how to communicate with others. You know, and and importance of of yourself, of loving yourself and honoring yourself. That wasn't ever taught as as a child. You know, we were went to school and we learned about you know how to read and write and those kind of things. But interacting with others and our role in the in in our lives and just you know, people. I guess hopefully young people are taught about that nowadays. About they their choices reflect out into the world. So you are every person is important. Right. Your, thoughts, your thoughts contribute to the whole mass collective of thoughts and think about some of the things that have been thought <laughs> right well well and, and i think that sometimes people feel dwarfed as like you pointed out because i'm one individual right i'm a drop in the ocean of humanity right i don't matter or my effect on the outcome of things is forget it it will make a difference and i i don't i think that that's kind of inaccurate uh, because i think we're more powerful and i'm gonna use the word powerful uh not in the power sense i guess is what i'm saying than what we're led to believe part of what you said as far as not conceit but the value that we each have in on an individual basis each with with their talents whatever they might be yes and so as you start thinking about how you feel about yourself, that's where it all starts. Yeah, God, yes. One of the articles on my blog, on my website, is about self-love. And it uses the SVH modality that I've practiced since 2003. It uses that as, a, as part of that blog to help you mm-hmm. really love yourself. Because that's where it all starts. When you have that, when you feel that you love yourself and you, and you stop the judging about how you look or what you've mm-hmm. said do that that 
persona, that presence, that radiance, that resonation moves out to everyone around you and uplifts them too. So it starts with you. And one person does make a difference. I mean, the the thing that I discovered in in the books was the connection that we all have. Uh, It's called the oneness, you know, of the one tribe that even even though these individuals in these other universes, I mean, I've met people that are birds that are very tall birds. Okay. I've met that look like lions. I've met, and they're people. You know, they're okay. they're sentient. They have souls. They're they have concerns. Okay. And guess what? Their concerns are a lot like ours. Right. Right. They want to evolve too. And so, which you would think most sentient beings, this is what they're what they're they're striving for. How's that? Yes. Well, and some some are striving for what we think of as, quote, the good stuff, mm-hmm. and some are striving for what we think of as the bad stuff, you know, this duality. That's, you know, half of the worlds in our universe are dual. And I'd like to talk about, if you don't mind, I'd like to no, talk, talk about non-duality and duality, because okay. that's one of the big things that I discovered in my books. <clears throat> I stepped aboard with my energy body in February of 2014, I stepped aboard and asked our command ship. Okay. Now, why did I do that? <laughs> Wasn't well, just for the fun of it, although it has turned out to be the most magical adventure I've ever experienced or ever could imagine experiencing. Okay. I had been, I had been using the SVH to help myself for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mm-hmm. with my love of the earth, I really wanted to help the earth and humans. So I put together some packages of, of, of work that I was doing to assist the Ashtar Command, I heard about the Ashtar Command from another healer I was working with, <clears throat> or knew about, <clears throat> and I put this work together and I stepped aboard this ship. Well, um, I met a guy, tall, dark, and handsome, wasn't expecting that, was was really flabbergasted by his looks and what he, what he told me in the in conversations that ensued. And he talked about duality and non-duality. First of all, let me tell you that he it was born on a non-dual world. Now, okay. everybody knows what duality is because right. we live it. Right. We have the good, they have the bad. We have the up, the down, the hot, the cold, the war, the peace, etc. The, the opposites. Right. And non-dual, <clears throat> there's none of that. It's all good. Wow. It's really, it's really mind-boggling because wow. let me use him as an example. His name is Tonas. He looks like he's about 35 or 30. He could look any he could look any way he wants. Okay. He's over 25 million years old. 25 million. And he was the youngest commander in the whole Ashtar command fleet that was hanging out above Earth on the ninth and tenth dimensions at that time. 86 million ships. Okay. So if you start stop and think about, okay. 25 million years old, looks like he's 30. So he's not aged. I mean, he's aged up to a certain point. He said, right, I, said well, right. I said, well, how do you age? He said, well, you age up to what you like, and then you just stay there. Do they, are they mortal, though? Do they Do they yeah. ever reach a moment, yes. like, uh, regardless if, of how long, where they if die? They, if they move into duality, they can be killed. Oh. But in non-duality, now this is a biggie. Um, I'm, I'm, let, let me talk about one other thing first, because maybe sure. you can write about that. Non-duality is instantly you manifest whatever you desire. Okay. 
there's no time lag between when you think about something and you either have it or you aren't. Okay. And this is changing your appearance. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so your your bodies are perpetually renewing in non-duality, and there is no death. Okay. Okay. Now that's a key. I don't. I you know I think your listeners maybe are open to that. A lot yes. of people that I've told, <laughs> like my like somebody in my family. He looked at, uh, they looked at me and said, you better keep that under your hat. And I, said, <laughs> I can, I've already written it in my book. It's like, yeah, it's too late. I, I want people to know that option is available. Now, a lot of people are going to just go, you know, that's, that's, that's right. impossible. And it always has been impossible. Right. And Earth, you know, because we're still duality. But the, the focus of my books Besides mm -hmm. telling you wonderful things about the dragons and the fairies and the Ashtar Command, right. is to help you be part of us moving to this non-duality that we're headed for. Let me say that again. You can take part in the work that we do to help us move to that non-duality smoother, faster. When so, you say universes, let me ask you just for clarification. Are we yeah. talking universes, our conception, or are we talking another dimension? Well, everybody looks at dimensions differently. For okay. example, other worlds don't have, don't think of dimensions like Earth does. You know, okay. Earth, we're very linear. We like one, two, yes. three, four, five, six, seven, mm -hmm. okay. So we're in, currently, we're in a blend physically of fifth and sixth dimensions. Okay. Well, what happened to third dimension? Well, third dimension left us in 2009. Okay. All right. People go, well, how can that happen? Well, because people like you and me and other light workers, we call it light yes. workers. I yes. really like that term, but everybody knows what that means. Yes, absolutely. We've been focusing on things like not watching the news, about loving ourselves, about stopping yes. gossiping, about you know making higher choices in our lives, quitting jobs that we hate and finding things we love. Those yes. things like that, all right? Yes. That makes a difference. And the lower, lower dimensions are going to release one at a time. Fourth dimension left a couple years ago. Okay. So where are we headed? We're headed to eighth dimension. Eighth dimension is the first non-dual dimension of Earth. So how are you going to how are you going to know you're moving along that? Well, do you love yourself? Do you love what right. you're doing? That's a major thing. That's a major thing to do. Quit doing things you hate. Okay. Quit, focusing, quit focusing on things you don't like and focus on things you do like. That's pretty simple, but then we we always we're taught in school to be critical. Well, so I was gonna say even beyond school, I think that we get a lot of messages from different sources in our culture, which are duality, that lead right. to duality, which is like right. you said, uh, you, you're doing that comparison. You know, do, do, do I don't look like that perfect person right. Right. in the magazine or the thing or right. whatever, and of course somehow you always come up short, um, and of. And let's face it, it, it all boils. I have no problem about the topic of making money, but it's always about money. You know, if if people didn't feel like they needed to strive to copycat, let's say, I'm just going to say looks, whether it's nutrition or makeup or, you know, clothes or even a car. You know, if you want to be like this, which yeah. in essence is duality, uh, then, you know, you, know, you got to strive for that. And it's almost like, you're chasing your own unhappiness in a way, yeah. Because right. uh, it's, it, I think it's, it's something that you never quite capture because I think it's kind of an illusion. 
uh, because it's like, and I've, and I've heard of people that say, well, you know, when, let's say, for example, when I get that car or that job or that whatever, then right. I'll be happy. And then they, they get there and it's like, uh, yeah, okay, so what happened? Why am I not, why don't I feel happier or joy, more joyful or what's just, I didn't think it was going to be this. And I think right. that happens to a lot of people. It does. Yeah. Uh, and they spend a lot of, they waste a lot of time, by the way. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, happiness is, is inside you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nothing outside can can you know make you happy, really. Well, unless you're being in, in. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network: Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. And this is the thing. I think that us, um, you know, we get different from different sources. The opposite, that the joy is you is not inside you. It's mm -hmm. from, it's outside of you. And that's what happens where people get distracted. How's that? You get distracted from exactly what you were describing as far as, I don't know if you want to call it your intuition, listening to your inner voice, or as in what really does make me happy. Mm -hmm. Which it sounds like that's what you did when you looked at that uh, question and you said, wow, now that I think about it, I need to really think about this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good news is that more and more people are waking up. Yes. You're going to notice, and you may have noticed already, mm -hmm. that as we move more towards, move into higher dimensions, eventually fifth dimension will release and we'll be in six or maybe a blend of six and seven. Right. You see about seventh dimension, and that's knocking on the door of eighth dimension. And so what's going to happen? What are you going to notice? You're going to notice that you're manifesting quicker and quicker and quicker. Okay. You're going to think about something and wow, yes. there it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because of the, the whole illusion of, of time, we're going to be, you know, I don't want to get into that, but. <laughs> right, right. Well, but, and I but, think like you said, now physics is kind of, kind of like people are kind of getting it. Like it's yes. the cats out of the bag. Right. So as we start vibrating faster and faster and faster and faster, that's what happens as we move into the higher dimensions. Higher thoughts, easier <clears throat> manifestation. Marlene, I know this is true because I, there's a part of me that exists on that higher dimension. Everybody, of course, everybody does also. We're all mm -hmm. more than just our physical bodies. We are also in energy. Yes. So our energy, when you talk about that drop of water in the ocean, we're the drop, but we're also the ocean. Mm -hmm. yes. well, I've seen myself, when I stepped aboard that Ashtar command ship, I don't look like I do, I do here. Okay. I look like I'm about 23. Okay. And I'm blonde. Now here I'm, I'm 73 and I've got short curly brown hair with gray in it, okay? So I I didn't even, I wasn't even sure it was me because I felt different too. Right. So, <laughs> was, you know, it's like, so I know that that's real, that, that, that happens in the future. Let me ask you something. Is, and I was going to ask you, when you see yourself, is, is this like an avatar or is this a version of you? This is a version of me, and I'm told that at, at some point, the two of us will be one. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I hear, see, this, 
it's really, I don't even understand it myself because I hear myself when I, especially when I go to night, I'll hear myself talking there okay. and discussing things with, uh, on the, on the spaceship or on the second book, we form a council that's in the center of the earth and also on the 10th dimension, the moon. So I'm, uh, we're located multidimensional, all of us are, but we just haven't learned to tune into, well, some people have. Okay. You know, they hear other voices or they hear, you know, they hear their mom or their dad. Mm-hmm. They well, they hear other things, but all of us are going to develop these abilities to be able to telepathically communicate. Okay. okay. You know, to teleport, to do all the things like, you know, we think the ascended masters of the 40s were, were able to do that. Well, we're going to be able to, too. Yay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow. I mean, we're here at the perfect time. We're here at the perfect time when we can yes. be part of what's happening. Instead of just, I mean, you can, you can just sit on the beach and watch the waves. Or you can hop on a surfboard and be on the leading edge of what's happening with this wave of evolution that we're going through now. And, or you can fight it and get really exhausted because you yes. know, there's always the people and that, that, that they are anti-change. They're very scared of change, even of the most minimal type. And something along the lines of what you're talking about absolutely terrifies them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, they need things to be like, here and yeah like that all right this is you know if it doesn't fit in here it's like i don't want to know about it yes well you know that's people have their choice they they choose where they want to focus and i'm just showing the possibility of focusing on something that's really fun i mean come on really don't you want to know about fairies well let me ask you that's what i was going to ask you these okay the mythical creatures are they um are they are are they part of our world, or do they visit us from these other universes? Okay, here's what, the, let me, the information that I'm giving you is from what I've been told by, for example, Ascended Masters or Galactic Masters. They don't lie. They, okay. don't, have, they don't have agendas of, of deceiving or illusions or anything like that. And Gia herself... Okay. you know it i bet you anything this is because i have to play uber and i apologize you guys but everybody knows i i, I probably have to i have to play uber later tonight for my for my grown children you know how that goes right no matter yeah. even if they're very much an adult it's still like mom rescue me but anyway i'm sorry to interrupt you go ahead okay so gia who is the essence of the embodiment she embodied to be part of the party that we have at the end of the first book path of sweetness so she's told me about the fairies, and so I'm going to take what she says is true because when I talk with her, I hear her like you and I are talking. Right? Okay. And I'm not guessing is what she's saying. I'm not saying, did she say that? Because if I have a question, I just ask her and she tells me. All right. Okay. So she said the fairies, they, they, you know, she created them. Okay. And they, they are on, they are a little bit off the dimension where humans exist right. for their own safety. Okay. Okay. If we're on like dimension five and six, they're on like dimension five point two or six point. So they're just enough off. Now some people can see into their gardens, and one of my blog articles is directs you how to do that to look into the gardens. Okay. Um, and the dragons also. When we we brought them back in book two, when I say we, I'm talking about Archangel Michael and Gia, and the. and the template that the fairies gave me because we had killed off the dragons two times in our history. Okay. 
So they were completely extinct. But, you know, with FDH and the work that I do, you move in time. Right. You move backward in time, you move forward in time. So we brought the, we brought the dragons back again on the seventh dimension. Okay. Now they, they've since, they've gone somewhere else. They're doing something else because it's a dragon ritual, something or other. So I don't really know what they're doing in the last year or so. But I did okay. have a lot of interactions with the Dragon King in the second book. And let me ask you something. Is this where you hear like these stories about St. George and the Dragon? You know, these that people think yeah, of them yeah. as mythos, as, uh, you know. Yeah, killed them. Yeah. But that, but what you're saying is this was actually took place, and and the, these are one of the dragons that was killed. Yes, but we were able to bring him back. Okay. Um, the, so the fairies, I met, I reunited with a fairy that I knew when I was a little girl. You know, you and I talked about before we started mm -hmm. the show, farm that I lived on a farm. Yes. Well, up until eight, I had I was on this one farm, and I played outside all day long. As long as the weather was halfway decent, I was out there and climbing trees and just just being a kid, you know, a tomboy. Right. Well, we moved when I was eight, eight a little over eight. I was just devastated. I didn't want to go. I was weeping. I was. I said, "Mom, we, you know, I don't. I, I couldn't explain why I didn't want to move." Okay. And I didn't even know until in this in the, my first book when. One of my angel guys said, well, that was because you moved out of the fairy garden where you'd been playing with the fairies. Ah. Now, let, <laughs> there's fairy gardens all over the earth, but okay. the fairies at that time only stayed in their garden. They didn't move to the garden next door. So even though I was moved to next door to another fairy garden, mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know those fairies. I was, I was playing with the ones here in this first garden. And, and um, so when I reunited with her at the end of her, her name is Shalaya, by the way. It was so wonderful. It was like, she said she was sad too when I left, you know, because we, we were hanging out in the trees together. That's why I was always climbing trees, because right. the fairies were in there with yes. me. So yes. when you find out about fairies, you, there's something that happens in your heart. Your heart just opens and you just go, oh my gosh, therapy. You know, I think a lot of people want to believe they're real. Right. And the, as the fairies want me to tell you that, here and here's the direct quote: "We is real." <laughs> right, which is like, and 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 then, but I hate to say it, and you're almost tempted to think I would be. You almost want to protect them, like you're real, but it's almost in a, in a way a good thing that a lot of people don't think you're real because I hate to say it, sometimes people like they're curious for the wrong reasons. Yes, that? right. Well, we've, we've actually set up some safety safeguards for the fairy okay. gardens. Okay. And you really don't, unless you know that you're absolutely sure in your heart that a fairy has invited you into their garden, you don't want to go camping in there like Godzilla. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're only two inches tall. Okay. And their, their gardens are scaled to be, you know, to fit their sizes. So, like a bull in a china shop you'd be if you actually tried to get in there. Okay. But what's the role of the fairies? Joy, love, happiness, and they keep all the green things on Earth alive. Okay. He had told me that without the fairies, Earth would be dead. Right, through the seasons. In other words, like, well, you know, uh, even when the winter comes is what you're saying as far as... They support the growing things. The now, growing they don't, things. They don't experience winter in the fairy gardens. Oh, okay. There's, there's all, it's always spring, summer. And there's no night in the fairy gardens either. But like I say, they, their, their joy, their love, their support 
supports every green thing. Well, now if you live in the Sahara Desert, there's no fairy gardens there. Okay. In Antarctica, there's no fairy gardens there. Or on the ocean, if you're on a boat on the ocean all the time, there's no fairy gardens there. But everywhere else, even in the Arctic Circle, there's fairy gardens. And my blogs tell you how to connect with fairies. Okay. All right. And do they, let me ask you, do these, do these gardens or these circles, do they, do they, are they permanent? Or do they ever move them around or shift them around? Well, the garden stays in, in, the, in the place, but the right. things in it are fluid. <clears throat> okay. Like a tree could decide to be a rock. Okay. Okay. A rock could decide to be a tree. Flower, fade, and then they can grow again. I mean, it's, the, the whole idea of, of, of fluidity is, is what fairies are about. I mean, if a thing is, is born in the fairy gardens, it never dies. But they do take things into their garden. Here's one of the things I learned about fairies. It just was such a blessing to my heart. Okay. Everything that we kill, everything, all the trees that we chop down, all the animals that we kill, right. the, fairies, the fairies take them into their gardens. Now, what happens to the cows, for example? Right. So I said, well... There's a, there's a special place for the cows. These new cars where they can eat grass, they can, they don't have to. All right. So we left. Okay. <laughs> so, when, they, when it's time for them to die, you know, remember, yes. they cook into their garden. When it's time for them to die, they just lie down and they just turn it. Okay. So the energy of cow moves into the garden, or the energy of a tree we cut down moves into the garden. And right. it stays I was, it was, it was, it was a really gift to me to know about that, because there's lots of trees that I've loved over my lifetime, yes. you know, have been cut down. Yes. And, and I'm going to give you an example. Um, well, I live in a very heavily agricultural area. And across the street from uh, my house, um, because I live in a hundred-year-old farmhouse, and across the street was um, a property that had stables, and it had acres of fruit trees that had been there, I want to say, at the very, without knowing the exact, at least 20 years. They sold the property, and the owner decided just to keep the trees on the periphery of the property. And basically, they mowed down a bunch of trees and let me tell you something i i know i don't want to tell the radic but i was like oh my it was it was hurtful on a psychic level i was yeah. oh my god these are such long three days i was i was beside myself uh those you know when i was hearing this mowing going on i was like oh my god what is horrible and then yeah. they um <clears throat> what they did was instead of hauling away these trunks because these were pretty big trees they had been there for a, real, a lot of years uh they you know they made uh it almost took them like a week like big wood wood piles and burned them you know that's how they got rid of the debris and uh i'm telling you i was like i was it was it was hurt i don't want to and how can, can i say it wasn't hurtful on a physical level in the sense of that you have a pain let's say in your arm right but on a psychic level it's like i want this to be over i can't take this this is like i can't take this See, it was hurtful we're all going to be more and more and more in tune with the earth. I mean, we are part of her. We're made from things of earth. So the, all the elements of earth are still part of us, and we are part of her. So we 
as we develop more of our gifts or our abilities, our sensitives, our, yes. our, our intuition, our trusting our guts, yeah. we're going to be so much more in tune with with the earth. Yeah. I mean, it will it will be conceivable at some point in the future to litter. It will nobody will nobody will be doing stuff like that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because you no, know, that's you know it's just and Gia herself is neutral about it. I mean, she's. She said, "You know, it would be it would be nice if people would dispose of trash properly." But she's not she's not upset. She's not angry. She's neutral because she knows what's going to happen in the eighth dimension. Listen to this: every element of Earth is restored to its purity. All the water is pure, the land, the air. I mean, when you can manifest instantly, think about that. I I love to think about that manifesting instantly. I, I mean. <laughs> What are we not going to need? Yeah, a heck of a lot of stuff we're not going to need. We're not going to need factories. We're not going to need huge farms. Now you might have a little garden just for the heck. Right, of it. exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, and you absolutely actually won't even have to eat because you'll be living on light. Now you can, mm -hmm. you can eat, but of course, you know, and I'm, I'm neutral about this now because I'm a vegetarian, but a lot of people aren't, so that's their choice. Right. <clears throat> but eventually. It's just going to seem natural to people to to not eat animals, right? And and this is and and I tell everybody, yeah, because you know we always think of I tell everybody I'm, I'm a wimpy farmer. <laughs> I've got I've got like three acres, like a micro farm. It's a micro farm, and uh, people don't realize how much work is involved. And this is like I said, a very basic micro farm, and people don't realize how much work is involved in it. Uh, yeah, like because I don't pay anybody to do any of the work, I do it myself. So, you know, when people, um, in other words, I'm thinking if if you're looking at, like you said, either gardening or growing certain things for, let's say yourself or your family, it's, it, you really, it, it can be very basic. Like you said, you don't need all these machines and uh, all this other stuff. Uh, you don't, you right. don't, you really don't. Maybe except like, um, you know, trimming stuff or, you know, may she may may you know. In other words, uh, I think what what nature does in and of itself, which is to, uh, how can I say? In other words, limit growth in certain areas so that everything keeps on prospering, everything keeps on growing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just it, your people. It's good news about everything that's going to be happening, and people will go. You really think so? I mean, look at all this. Just happening right. now, yes. and I thought, well, you know, it's stuff coming up to be so that everybody knows about it, to be healed and released and cleared. You know, there's going to be less and less of that as we go on. I mean, I, I know it's been a little bit of a, a tough ride the last few months because of of so much that is, uh, we're evolving so quickly. Right. Think about it. Earth was in. I mean, if you're unless you're younger than unless you were born after 2009, you were born in third dimension, and okay. Earth had been dimension from the very beginning of her existence to how many gazillions and billions of years I don't know I mean right so just in the space in just the last last 10 years right mm -hmm. we've lost two dimensions it's a good thing it's not a bad thing they're gone <laughs> do you think let me when you refer to these visitors and that they're whether and I know what we talked about linear space is this the equivalent of what people refer to as extraterrestrials, are they totally apart from that concept? Okay. Are these beings well, that are not I'm really afraid. part of that? 
I'm, I'm, you know, Tonas was born on, I think he said Lyra, but he grew up on, he spent a lot of time on his dad's spaceship as a young, as a, as a baby and a young man. So if half the worlds in half the worlds in our universe are non-dual, like Lyra, <clears throat> Arcturus, Andromeda, um, Vega, I don't know all of them, but those are non-dual beings, and you could think of them as extra extraterrestrials. I just right. think of them as people. Right, I mean, and, and I'm using that because people. that's like a common kind of concept that people think of as in. Uh, that's what, and which is why I asked you that thing about are they interdimensional versus the linear concept. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. At Simple Mobile, you get the no contract advantage. Those other mobile companies make you think you're in control, but you're really not. They lure you in with shiny new phones and then lock you into long-term agreements. But Simple Mobile is different. You can get a 30-day plan starting at $25. You can also get the latest smartphones, or if you have a compatible phone you love, you can bring it. Just text BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. It's the reliability you need when you need it. All on a powerful nationwide 5G network. With no mystery fees, no activation fees, and no contract ever. All for less money and no contract ever. 5G capable device and SIM required. Actual availability and coverage and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speed not yet available. Message and data rates may apply. Visit simplemobile.com slash privacy policy for privacy policy. Service plan required for activation. Terms at simplemobile.com. Concept of traveling from another universe or another planet. They're otherworldly. Okay. Okay. I mean, they're just from another world. He, he, I, when I stepped aboard that Ashtar Command spaceship, I, I moved to the 10th dimension of Earth, above Earth. Okay. You know, they weren't, they, you can't see the Ashtar Command ships there. And they, and if you see a spaceship, they're, they're not, they're not the Ashtar Command. There are other, there are other species, I haven't really, haven't really seen any scary ones, but I've, I've been told that there are some that look like tall, really, really tall upright grasshoppers. I haven't seen them. I'm just not, not well, 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 I have, I have heard, um, you know, there's a lot of sightings. There's, you know, there's the ones that are commonly referred to as greys, but I have heard of some that they're described as like the praying mantis kind of appearance. Uh, that yeah, I was well, like, I, man, if I saw something like that, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'm not seeing anything like that, but I have seen some real, like I mentioned earlier, I've seen some really interesting people. And of course, the dragons and fairies are, are gorgeous too. But, you know, this, the human form is very, very favored. Okay, and I was going to ask that. Why? Why are they visit? Why are they? Are they? Do they want to help us out, or what is it about us that that they're here for? Well, the non-dual beings, the non-dual beings want to help us. But here's the kicker, right? We have free will here. Yes. We we choose what happens, and so my my son, my older son, said, "Mom, why doesn't the Ashtar clan just come down and fix it?" I said, well, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't dare do something like that. That would be against all the galactic law. You know? Now, 
and they're non-dual, so they're obeying the laws. We we have to ask for things. Okay. And how do you ask for things? First, you got to, you got to know what to ask for. You you know you need to know how to ask and who to ask. And the, my books will show you that how to do that. So what you're saying is, and almost, and, I, and I'm going to use uh, as an example Star Trek with that prime directive of non-interference. In other words, they're, in a way, they kind of have that unless we ask for it. They're not about to give us something or, or push something on us. Right. You can't advance a species beyond their readiness. Okay. All right. There are, I don't know, gazillions of laws that the Galactic Councils of Light, they're, they're watching over Earth, all right? And there are gazillions of laws that the non-dual people follow very, very carefully because if they don't, they get reprimanded and they are, they're yanked out of being able to do anything at all for us, all right? Okay. So now, and we're talking about non-dual. Now, the dual world, they don't have, they're, they're not concerned about following those regulations. So what does the Ashtar Command do? They are, they are, they are to the best of their ability enforcing those regulations. Okay. Do they ever have? Are there any groups that are at cross purposes with each other? In other words, yes. that they're not all on the same page. Oh yeah. We have a species living here that's very much against humanity. Really? Yeah. They look like humans. They can look like humans, all right, but they their real appearance is a, as a reptile. I'm not talking about dragons. Right, right, okay. There are reptiles and then there are dragons. And really, I get, I get into that in the book, but not until, luckily not until about the third book that I come across. <laughs> okay. The I'm like, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so, I, you know, because my choice is to focus on the positive, you know. They, they do not like humans. They think we're cluttering up their planets. They just assume we were gone. Okay. And they, they, for, for as long as they they were actually here before humans, although they didn't they didn't originate here, they came here. Okay, I really don't want to talk too much about it because my focus is on the positive, on the on right, the right, right, and and, and it always focus. makes you wonder though because, um, and I guess my question was, have they ever? You know, because you have this one group maybe hope, helping us along forward, like guiding us. And I was wondering if there was any that put obstacles in our ways. You know, like oh, yes, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna okay. throw this. You know, like something in the path. You know, make them stumble. Right. Or... From what I've learned, it's really I think it's really a miracle that humanity survived. Really. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. If you look at us physically, we're definitely not the fastest. I mean. <laughs> You know, that was one of the things I learned about in, in the sixth book of this series called Spaceship Earth. I learned that the, the people that we think are indigenous, mm -hmm. you know, like Native Americans and Aborigines and a lot of the tribes in uh, Africa are not indigenous at all. And most of the, most of the Native Americans know that, that they know that they came from the stars. And they right, did. yes, I have heard of that, that a lot of them have, uh, well, mythos, it's, you know, of be calling themselves star people or that their right. origins are off planet and that's exactly true and why did they come here they came here for two reasons they came here to experience duality because they came believe it or not from non-dual worlds to be on earth to experience what it's like uh -huh. and they came to help humans okay now if you think about it i mean i i get into some about how you know the early history of humans and 
whatever what that was about. That's going to be some controversy. People are going to disagree with me, but I'm just reporting what I'm what I'm being told. Okay. okay. So they helped humans learn how to trade, how to animal husbandry, how to live in something besides a cave. You know, uh, to negotiate instead of just kill other people. So. Right. That was a wonderful gift that they gave us uh, by by coming here and, and and teaching us. And I met one of them. I met one of them just recently who had decided that he had he he'd been here 120,000 years. Okay. Long time, right? Yes. Nor die, non-dual guy. Little naked, little guy looked like about a six-year-old naked. Okay. Brown and, came to our council and he said, you know, he knew 120,000 years ago that the Joy Council, which we formed book two, would exist. Okay. I mean, the abilities of these non-dual people is amazing. Let me ask you, is there a point where when we reach, we are allowed entry into this council? And The Joy Council, I we formed it at the end of the first book because I had, we did say, by Houston we have a problem here we go let's see hold on all right folks uh, here we go. let's try this one more time joys of Skype. Yes, yes, yes. <coughs> Joy isn't online. I have a feeling that something happened with Joy's connection. I know she couldn't have gone south on me like that. Okay, let's see. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to edit this out, but I guess you guys will see shortly if I have. Here we go. And, 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 okay, we, hi, Faye. Out, me wigging out, going well, Marlene. Uh huh, I see. Alrighty then. Uh, you know what? I should have known when I heard her audio getting really rough. That usually is a sign that maybe internet is in trouble. Let's see. 
you know what the fact that I'm getting a message on Skype that she's not online which I was no she's online leads me to believe that maybe she had an outage let's find out okay you are all going to be my witnesses as to how hard I tried wait a minute to get her Let's see. And by the way, I apologize for my text thing coming in the background, but that was, I got to pick up my daughter-in-law later on. Today she's flying in from Indiana, so I'm sorry, guys. Let's see. Let's see what I've got here. Let me see if I can find her. Cross your fingers. All right. You're all going to be my witnesses. Let me see if I can get her on regular phone. trying her on the regular phone. Please leave your name and number and I will return. I have a feeling that you guys picked this up, which means it went to voicemail. Oops. <laughs> All right. You know what? One more try on Skype and hopefully she will call me back. Because if not, okay, something's going on over there because I can't get her, just can't get her. So, you know what, the wonderful world of technology. We're at the mercy of the computers. <laughs> anyway, guys, and I and I and I, and I, God, that hasn't happened to me in a long time. I can't even say it's paranormal sabotage because we really weren't talking about anything along the lines of something that wanted to be like uh, wanted to interfere with, um, you know, with the interview. That doesn't make sense. But anyway, uh, I want to stand out here a little bit, just keep my fingers crossed, and maybe hope that she does call back in. Either on Skype or regular phone. She's got both of, both ways of getting in touch with me. But anyway. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of people, depending, you know, if you're used to listening to some of my other shows where I talk about, that are going, what Marlene are this lady talking about? You know what? And you have to, and, and, and this is for, this is for the people out there that are paranormal snobs. How's that? paranormal snobs you know whether your your area of interest is ghosts or cryptids or your strict ufologists uh when i say strict ufologists which you're thinking okay it's just because it's unidentified i'm not going to assume it's coming from another planet it might even be our own um 
you know, anything that falls under that umbrella. And then you hear somebody like Joy talking about uh, different universes, whether you want to think of them as other dimensions, mythical creatures, uh, other sentient beings or races that, uh, or she was explaining, live in a non-dual world. In other words, there's no opposite. There's no, how can I say, like no friction. You know, you always have the opposite of one thing or the other. And, and it's a, for, for a lot of people, you're like, wow, that, that, that's way out there. And it's like, why not? It, again, and, and, and anybody that is involved in the paranormal field, whether it's a hobby or as a researcher, you're all, by now, you, you I'm sure you've heard a version of people that kind of look down their nose at you or think, oh, roll their eyes, like, oh, you're one of those. Don't don't be that person. <laughs> don't be that person. Just because you hear ideas that to you are like, man, that's really out there. That's really far-fetched. Or, or hopefully in some cases that you'll be this type of person who'll say, you know what? I'm not familiar with that. I haven't heard of that. Maybe I should look into it before... And, and by this, and, and I think she made a good point, like free will. Nobody, But before you close the door on something, you research it or look into what are the ideas behind this. What Like her books, and, you know, of course I'm going to put a link to her website on the uh, on the credits of the show, which, let me see. Uh, <clears throat> and she's, let me tell you something, she is, uh, she's got several books out on this. Several books. And... I guess my point is that, uh, her, her, and by the way, her, her website is joyelaine.com, www.joyelaine.com. Those are for the podcast listeners, but she's got a lot of books. She's written a lot of books. And, you know, I, I speak to a lot of people that, I want to say, and it's really interesting, sometimes people get involved in, again, the paranormal. Ghosts, proving existence after physical death, cryptids, UFOs, uh, abductions. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And sometimes it's an event, it's a triggering event, either as a child or as an adult, that propels them into this field and it never lets go. But if you listen to her story, she's talking about something. She was already in her 40s. And she said, you know, in other words, she's living her life like a lot of people do, just going along. And then she looks at this one question. And sometimes, I guess my point is sometimes the turning point on paths that we follow through, they it doesn't happen with a clap of thunder like, whoa, I had an epiphany. Whoa. Sometimes it's something as simple as looking at a question and then really thinking about the answer escapes me or and by the way this starts with complete honesty with yourself you know like everywhere you go there you are this is not like you're being interviewed or anybody's gonna look at your innermost thoughts or what are you answering this is when you have this inner dialogue with yourself as in why oh, that question if I had to answer that question truthfully what would it be or I don't have an answer for that question and then what am I going to do about it? 
Some people decide to roll on over it. And I myself, I'm a big believer that sometimes our lifestyles are so hectic and we're also busy being the premium multitasker that it pulls us away from moments of introspection along what she was describing that opened the door for her to look into all these different areas and explore them and find find this area that 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 resonated for her i think most of us and i know i i've been there uh you know you have a family if you have a job uh commitments um and that's that's without emergencies that's that's just like life like normal life that's that's without throwing a curveball in there we get pulled away from that introspection or the time that you need for that introspection and then let's not go that that's the demands on your time now let's throw in the mix i need to binge on the, the show that i'm watching i've been there sometimes it's like whoa and before you know it time evaporates it slips through your fingers it's gone uh you need to sleep you need to eat you, you get distracted I, I i think that sometimes people if you had to and then I've, I've done it myself it's just I, you know i want to sit here and stare at a wall <laughs> it's just i want to empty out my brain and just not think about anything not think about a to-do list not think about what i had to do or what i should do or what i'm going to do in five minutes like totally empty my mind out and i think a lot of us don't have that and once we give ourselves that luxury, and by the way, she's talking about something that I think is so important, which is that self-acceptance of ourselves as individuals, because everybody is striving so hard sometimes. And I'm not going to say everybody, not everybody's, to live up to expectations of could be a boss, could be a family member, could be a spouse, could be yourself. But it's like, it's almost like this is what's demanded of me. But if you really have that moment of truthfulness, it's like, that's not really me. And by the way, it's not really going to make me happy. But you're fed this, uh, you know, if you get there, you will be happy. Or if you look like this, you will be happy. Or like I was saying, if you drive this car, you will have made it. And everybody will look at you and go, Oh, yes. <laughs> and it's not. It's not like that. And I think a lot of times people either don't have the time to explore that about themselves or what really makes them happy. Or it makes them uncomfortable almost like in a way hypocritical i'll give you an example let's say you're one of these people that spends a boatload of money on dressing a certain way living in a certain address driving a certain car uh projecting this um this persona that you think oh everybody will look at me and be wow you know but if you're really honest with yourself, you're thinking, you know, this is really doesn't make me happy. If it was up to me, I'd be living in Converse shoes, jeans, and a t-shirt. And occasionally dressing up because I do. I, I, I like dressing up. But in other words, this, this all this exterior stuff is nice, but 
man, that really doesn't make me happy. Maybe I'd rather spend more time at home. Maybe I'd rather spend more time gardening. Maybe I'd rather spend more time fishing. What if, or reading, or just observing nature, going out. And by, and by the way, when I mean nature, I don't mean you have to go, I mean, if you want to go to the park, but just sitting outside, you know, and just like looking at stuff. That I think that would make me happy, but that doesn't fit with this persona and all this money and, and effort that I put into building this so what I'm saying is that a lot of people don't even want to go there. Even if they had the time to do that self-examination, they're like, man, I've put a lot of time into this. <laughs> I have a closet full of clothes and shoes and whatever. And um, uh, personal relationships. That, and, and then, But deep down inside, there's something that, that's hollow. But I don't want to examine that too closely because I'm afraid of where it's going to lead. That, yeah, and of course, you know, we get a lot of feedback from the media, from, God, from a lot of stuff. Well, magazines, magazines are on the way out, all this print stuff, but everybody understands where I'm going with this. We get all these messages, again, telling us what you look like or how you're dressed or what you drive or um, maybe your kids are you're coming up short somehow and we're getting bombarded with this. and by the way a lot of times these messages that are given to us they're disguised you know they're disguised either with commercials that are very quaint or they've got characters or they uh you know they're like uh, very um they don't sound like oh basically what they're trying to do is make me measure up or if that if this product is not m mine let me tell you something. We get pushed around constantly every day, you name it, from all directions as to either how we're living our standard of what makes us happy is like, oh, yeah, or, or, or what was it? Um, you know, you, you know, you're setting the standards too low. Everybody's different. And by the way, and there's a lot of people that Especially when they're younger, they, they, they strive and they do all these things. And then when they get to this pinnacle of their career or something, deep down inside of them, they're like, this is great. And maybe I've got all this admiration and all these accolades, but oh, I'm not, I already put this down. <laughs> Just go and uh, uh, grow a vegetable garden. <laughs> you know, um... And I think that, 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 and everybody's different. Don't get me wrong. And there's people that are extroverts. There are people that are introverts. I think one of the facts that she pointed out that people are fluid. Yes, people are fluid. Sometimes we have to go through a process of wanting something and striving for it and working for it and obtaining it and doing it. And then realizing, you know what? I don't want to keep doing this. And then there's other people that, man, they, they hit it right off. When they're 20, man, they find that purpose, that passion, that whatever, and they, they're on it. And, man, they die when they're 90, and they've been doing this because from the get-go, they, they hit the sweet spot on their purpose in life. But unfortunately, these are few and far between. These are people that are really, 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 really in tune to their inner voice. And they are very definite about following it. Even sometimes in the face of their own families telling them, don't do that, you're crazy, or friends, or 
or even uh, outside forces, whether it's like, oh, that's impossible, or you're not going to make any money, or, um, or they, yeah, it's really difficult to get. Nobody ever gets that. Or, and they still, they, they, they don't let it go. They don't let it go because they know they, there's something in them that tells them this is where you're supposed to be. That's what you're supposed to be doing. But not everybody's there, unfortunately, because we get pulled in so many different ways that make us believe that this is what's going to make you happy or what's worse, fear of if you don't have this or if the fear, the fear, what I call the industry of fear sometimes generates a lot of money. And I guess the long point of this is, especially now with the technology we have, because remember, all this advanced technological coverage and being able to, to impact the masses, I want to say maybe, maybe the last hundred years, kind of. But yeah, we used to have newspapers before, and then, you know, we had radio, and people would listen to radios, and but still, it's different, you know, you have books, but I'm saying as far as how impactful visual, so let's face it, when you see stuff, that, that that's, that's really what, what's believable. I want to say maybe in the last hundred years, it's incrementally gotten more and more uh, powerful as far as impact and changing people's beliefs and, and perspectives. Um, and I want to say that somewhere along the line, we need to pull back from this on an individual basis and say, you know, and I'm sure everybody's heard of people that have chucked their smartphones or their phones or whatever and said, that's it, I'm done. I'm not anti-technology, I'm not. But I am anti-anything, whether it's technology or otherwise, that pulls us off the course of having that internal dialogue or that examination, which, by the way, a lot of people, again, think, oh, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to examine my uh, inner motivations or passion in about half an hour. What do you think talking about? You know, this is something that sometimes you have to work it through. You have to examine it. Sometimes research it for something. Try it out. And sometimes you're either going to say, this is great, or this is like, not what I thought. Or how does it make me feel? Very important. Not what you're thinking. How does it make you feel? How does it make you feel? So a lot of people will tell you, well, I thought this. I thought, I was like, I'm not asking you what you're thinking. I'm asking you what you're feeling. And I think that anything that pulls us off that dialogue, and by the way, you know, this is something that we constantly have to do throughout our lives, sometimes at a deeper level than others. It's not like, okay, once I did that when I was 25 and that was it. Because people change. People are fluid. Your circumstances change. Your life experiences make you change. God knows what you loved when you were 20, you hate by the time you're 30, vice versa. So what, 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 what we have to develop those moments of introspection. Sometimes, I want to say unfortunately, it happens when there's a crisis in our lives or the life of somebody that we're with is when everybody then goes into like, oh my God, you, and ah. if you have, if the, yeah, you do it, you do it. But honestly, the best way of doing it that would render, I think, the most beneficial outcome is when you do this introspection outside of a crisis moment. 
In other words, there is no fear here. There is no fear of, oh my God, something, I did something wrong because what did I do? Because I can't believe, uh, whatever. No, no, no. It's like everything is great. And I really need to sit down and think, how do I feel about this? Uh, or, or am I just going along with the flow because I don't want to examine it any deeper? Or because this is what's expected of me? Or, uh, you know, well, you know what? If I changed, God knows that, that that's a big problem for us humans. If I changed, the kind of change that I would really have to make to like make myself happy, God, I don't know about that. No, I don't think about that. You're cheating yourself. You're cheating yourself. And sometimes you have to do the uh, toe in the pool method, which is stick your toe in there. But then come back the next day and do it again. And then come back. In other words, don't let it go and just let it. Let a few years roll by. It's like that because that's how you convince your subconscious mind that, okay, I want to make this change and it's not going to be the end of the world because your subconscious mind is going to resist change a lot. And it's going to extrapolate all the horrible things that will come if you change. Because that's the way the subconscious works. So you're going to go back and you're going to examine. You go, well, hmm. Yeah, I think I need to change that, but what would that look like? Without trying to scare myself, because we kind of do that sometimes as well. I need to change, I would like to change, I would like to do this, but if I did that, ah, and you do these worst case scenarios, and you're like, well, forget that. No, let's, what, what, what would happen? Or what would I need to do? Uh, hmm, okay, let me sleep on that. And you come back to it the next day. And then sometimes you do go. At, at some point, you go through that worst case scenario exercise. Okay, worst case, what would that be? And then you go, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not gonna, it's gonna happen that way. And then you go back to it again. And then, but that introspection, that idea that we need to spend time with ourselves, and she made a very good point. This is not something somebody can do for you. This is something that you have to do for yourself. Nobody, and I mean nobody, not your parents, not a therapist, nobody is inside your skin or your brain or if you nobody. You can tell them. You can have this great dialogue and describe it. And blah, 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 blah. I mean, you can draw them a detailed map. Nobody understands you, the way you feel, the way your mind works, how the reward centers in your brain work, what makes you go, wow. Which, by the way, can be totally different. Versus, and, and, and then that, that moment of, this is what makes me happy. Contrary to maybe what I'm being told by society should make me happy. Or maybe it's unambitious. That happens. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are like, oh, you're not being ambitious enough. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with ambition if that's what makes you. If that's what makes you happy and that's the pinnacle that you want to go to because that's what I want. Go for it. Strive and obtain it. But there's other people that, that what makes them tick, what fills them up, in the, in the perception of others, by the way, it's like, oh, you're such an underachiever. You know, that's so unambitious of you. Okay, that's your opinion, but it makes me happy. So what do you, I, what would you like me to do? Pursue something that you think is fitting and then be really kind of like, oh, all right, this is not a good fit for me. 
I might not be totally but God. Why? Because what really makes me happy is considered by some as oh I could have I, I thought you could have done so much better. <laughs> yeah. And, but the, the the only I guess my thing is in talking about what she was saying, you know, as far as when you go beyond uh when you go beyond she was saying that that, that you have that one-on-one -on -one moment you have to let go of these expectations from others and just be truthful with yourself and then it could lead into a lot of places for her it led into the study uh that opened for her into something that what she calls serenity vibration healing uh it brought her to the point of that she wrote all these books uh, that you know that she's had contact with interdimensional beings outside of you know what you hear about it's your regular extraterrestrial the greys with the exception of the reptiles man those those they, they pop up for everybody <laughs> always on the horizon on a negative slant it's like hmm okay so and I wish I got to get her back because I had someone I, I, I want to ask her about mythical creatures. You know, we got a little bit into the fairy realm, but you know, there's a lot of mythical creatures besides the dragons and things like this. And and a lot of people think, and, and, and I've had this question. I want to bring, oh. you know, a lot of people think of dragons as being, of course, mythical, made up, whatever, fairy tales. I think it's wait a minute. Dragons supposedly look a lot like dinosaurs in a way, but if we go by fossil records, dinosaurs and man never existed at the same time. Millions and millions, millions of years apart. In other words, man was never around or shared the earth with dinosaurs that you could say that's where they got the idea and they made it into a dragon so how did they come up with this I mean what are the chances you're gonna come up with a mythical creature that looks a lot like an extinct animal that used to exist on the same planet as you but millions of years ago millions of years ago and then let's go down the road Let, let's pretend a little bit and say well there was some culture some village some town whatever uncovered all oh, one of these complete fossils that happens they're living in a place where they were able to recover the complete fossils of some t-rex or a sauropod anything maybe it just the, you know the way fossils sometimes are preserved it's really weird they're complete in other words you know avalanche came put took away a layer of ground and here they have a complete fossil with all detail and you think okay this is what but come on dragons are seen across so many different cultures that supposedly didn't have any connection how does that work what everybody discovered a dinosaur fossil and then went off and thought of of dragons i, I i've always been curious about that like how did how do all these different civilizations come up with this mythical creature as dragons? 
when there was no connection between the civilizations, supposedly. And the closest thing that actually in, ever, in any reality ever existed was dinosaurs, and of course they died out millions of years before. And let's face it, I mean, I wish I, I, I gotta get her back on, as you can tell. Uh, no luck with her on, on Skype. Uh, she hasn't called me back on my phone. I, I'm, I'm almost tempted to say she might have had some type of power outage. But anyway, guys, I hope you like the show. For what it lasted, <laughs> I really liked it. I thought she was a super interesting lady. I wanted to talk to her a lot about these different areas. It was just, man, I didn't know which way to go in because it was like, man, I want to ask her about this and this and this and this. But again, I'll put credits to her, uh, links to her, to her show on the credit to the show. If you want to go to her website. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. Own the road with T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz on the 5, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party Umlaut from crowdsourced user experience data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA. 5G user experience report July 2021.